Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Walkers and Talkers, episode 216. I'm David Brody from Elvis Strand in the Morning Show, and my lovely co-host is Jamie from Light FM in New York. Hi, Jamie. Oh, thank you. Hi. I say Light FM in New York every week because there are other Light FMs in, in America. Yes, there are. And some of them are owned by our company. There may be one or two that aren't. I'm not sure if we have a copyright on that. But the most important one is the one that Jamie works for in New York. Yes, in New York City. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we were both in the building today, although I have not gotten to see, Jay- see Jamie's new car because uh, on uh, well, yesterday I, le- I left late and she left early. And today I left early and she left later than I did. And then I saw you in the street while you were in your car. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't in the street. Yeah, so I was driving <laughs> down the street and, and, yes. and you were walking up the street and I, I yelled out to you and I didn't get to see your, car, your new Jeep uh, today either. So we'll figure it out. Maybe next week it'll work out. Soon, soon, yes. Okay, we don't have a lot of news to cover for this episode, and uh, it's a Fear the Walking Dead episode, so we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I've been bitching on Twitter about how bad I thought the episode was. Uh, Jamie, what did you think of the episode, scale of 1 to 10? Um, 6. Okay, that's generous. Fantastic. (laughs) The only thing I want to talk about as far as news, make sure you check out the new The Walking Dead trailer for the uh, final third of the final season. Uh, It looks like... Ezekiel and one of his cohorts, maybe who were spreading the newspapers out, uh, doing newspaper deliveries uh, with uh, Pamela Milton's headlines. Looks like maybe they got arrested, caught doing it. Uh oh. Rosita is crying to Eugene. Um, Aaron walks into a room and is shocked by what he sees. Maybe Father Gabriel is dead. I I'm not saying oh, he is, God. but I I'm putting together the pieces and it it doesn't look good for Father Gabriel. That's what I'm saying there. But you never know. It could be misleading trailer guy. You know that son of a bitch. Oh, well, you know trailer guy. He's unreliable. Unreliable. Also, <laughs> there's a scene of Negan talking to Mercer saying, uh, I want to keep my people safe. And Mercer says, that's what I'm, my job is. So Negan is in Commonwealth. He got in somehow. Or he met Mercer somewhere. And he says to Mercer, well, if you were keeping my people, our people safe, you know who wouldn't have needed to send me here. I'm assuming Maggie sent him in to uh, negotiate or work with Mercer or let him know that he's got backup. That makes sense. But I uh, know, Jamie, when you saw it, you're like, Negan's going to fight Mercer. I, it looked like there was some tension, and then you set me straight, so it's all good. <laughs> well, I set you straight for my opinion. You could be right. I mean, but it, you're I, usually I, always right. <laughs> oh, continue, please. You are. <laughs> well, I, that's not, not always. But and you should that, be one of the writers. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. 
That I'm not going to argue with. <laughs> Wait, let you don't find me on that one. <laughs> I found the episode to be esoteric. Just very like, um, oh, you know, like uh, motivational and inspirational and from people who don't know each other. I think it's hard to take it seriously when you are talking to someone like you know them forever and you know them for half an episode. Uh, yeah. And you need this and maybe it's your voice. Oh, we'll get to that. So, but yeah, the Walking Dead trailer looks really good. And it reminded me of what really good Walking Dead is. And fear reminded me, this episode at least, what bad Walking Dead really is. Oh, yeah. So the episode is called Follow Me. It starts off with Alicia having a nightmare about Padre. Uh, and uh, she has a bunch of people with her who then cover their ears uh, something's bothering them, and then she sees a walker. She follows it. It's the senator from the episode where they followed the walker for the whole episode, which was boring as sin. And uh, <laughs> and he turns around. The walker turns around. He's like, Padre. <laughs> and then she lets it fall on him and uh, fall on her. And then she wakes up, and she's still sweating and in a fever. She's still sick, but she's um she's in somebody's house. We talked sweat. about this last week. It's the trailer. That we watched for this week, the scenes, it's Paul's house. I was reminded when she wakes up, because she doesn't have her prosthetic arm on, that I'm mad she lost her arm. I just don't like it. Yeah, it's rough. And how does she keep the bones? I don't know, that's bizarre. I feel like she's either not going to remain the lead of the show, and Madison and Morgan will, Hmm. or she's going to die by the end of the season and gets reunited with Morgan, but then dies. She doesn't look so hot, I'll say that. No, 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 no. She always looks hot. Well, meaning... In fact, if looks... I could get a 10-inch Alicia Debenham carry, <laughs> although I'm not really she sure that would benefit Ill. me in any, any way. I would, in any I, way? I think as a man, I would need a life-size Alicia Debenham carry, oh whether it's God. inflatable or, or rubber, whatever they do. Yeah, whatever they do, yeah. Realistic stuff. But no, a 10-inch wouldn't, wouldn't really help me there. No, I mean, that's not my, you know, no. Yeah. <laughs> So apparently she's been having this dream. It's a recurring dream, yada, yada, yada. She's walking around the house in a daze and she walks into the living room and Paul, the new guy, is sitting by his piano listening to music really loudly and there's a walker coming up behind him in the house which he doesn't seem to hear because we don't know anything about Paul yet. She can't get his attention because the music's so loud and she's sort of like drunk walking. So she knocks the stereo off the shelf and it breaks. So the music stops he turns around when he doesn't, uh, I guess, feel the vibration of the music. Yes. Spoiler, Paul's deaf. Uh, by the way, um, speaking of Paul being deaf, I'm not going to say who, but a certain um, a certain YouTube reviewer of The Walking Dead kept calling him mute. Oh, no. And mute means you can't speak. It doesn't yeah, mean he speaks not... really well. Yeah, he's not mute. He's deaf. That was quite an oversight. And it wasn't like Ooh. a one-time slip-up. This person said it. Uh, 317 times. Yeah. He turns around to see why the music stopped and there's a walker. He left his front door open, I guess. Walker mm. comes in. He, he kills the walker. Then he yells at Alicia, you ruined my stereo. What did you do? He tells Alicia he lost the rest of his hearing. He was hard of hearing, but lost the rest of his hearing when the uh, nuclear war, uh, warheads went off and that he's a lip reader. She says, I don't know how I got here. He says to her, I found you in a barn on my way home from a food run. And Alicia says, well, was there a little girl with me? And he says, no, you were alone. Now, the little girl we see at the end of the episode, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about because they did reference the little girl on Talking Dead. They did, In case yes. you're wondering who the little girl is that she was referring to. So Paul says he can't hear the music, but he can feel it. 
And then uh, Alicia notices he has bagpipes in the corner and other instruments. But uh, he'll talk about the other instruments. But when when she says, well, tell me about the bagpipes, he doesn't want to talk about it. He gets mm-hmm. all defensive, right? So something's up with the bagpipes, but you know we'll learn about it later. The uh, the guys in the furs, Arno and his gang of, they call them the, um, not scavengers, stalkers? They're yes, the stalkers, stalkers, yes. They show up uh, outside the house. They're looking for Alicia. And they have a truck full of walkers. Mm. And Arno says to Paul, we're looking for a woman. She's sick. She has a fever. And uh, he says, well, you're out of luck. There's nobody here. And we already know that they're going in the house because we already saw the trailer for the scene. Trailer and guy. And they, they, they push their way in. And he says, I'm looking for a girl, lost her arm, but she hasn't uh, turned yet. He's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I don't know. I don't, I've seen any woman. And for some reason, he starts playing the piano. And he's hitting all the keys from, from uh, high to low. So creepy. Yeah, and then one of the keys goes, thud. Funk. <laughs> now, you, you know, it's, first of all, it's an old piano, and it's a piano at the apocalypse. You expect it to not be in tune. Exactly. And you really normally wouldn't expect someone to be hiding in the piano. And as Paul, the actor, explained on Talking Dead, they actually put a model of a top of a piano on top of the piano to allow more space for Alicia. For her to fit because in there, yeah. Usually there's like an inch or two before the lid. You couldn't yeah. really get in there. And and certainly, if you were laying on top of the, the strings, more than one key would go thud. Oh my, the whole thing would go thud. Right. You might get a bang, boink, boink. <laughs> but you wouldn't get notes and then a thud. You might get a couple by her feet, like right where her feet didn't reach. Yeah. But at some point, a lot, yeah. Most I mean, of it, it was, was good that. for the drama. I thought, I thought when he hit the dink, he says, tell me again, she's, is she here? And he's like, I haven't seen anything. I thought there'd be like a crash outside, you know, or his walkie would go off. You know, the usual perfect oh, the usual, timing bullshit. Yep, perfect timing walkie bullshit. But no, he believes him. And he says, all right, you know, we're going to keep looking. Arno says to Paul, he says, here's a walkie talkie. And I want you to call us if you if you see this woman that we're looking for. Now, I have a couple of questions, okay? Mm-hmm. I think T. White Sr. had the same question as me on the second one. The I first probably one the same is, one, yeah. The first one is, you have so many walkie-talkies charged, you can just give one to some stranger? Aren't mm-hmm. these things, like, invaluable? They're Wouldn't rare. We, they're rare, right? That's my first problem, which is not quite as big as my second problem. Paul is deaf. I- Thank you. I was like, okay, let's say he can he can speak, but he will have no idea what they said back. Right. You're giving a walkie-talkie to a guy you just found out is deaf. Deaf, deaf, deaf. Deaf. Deaf, deaf. So <laughs> I know. No sense. I know that they wanted to do this episode. I know they wanted to have a deaf character, a deaf actor portray a deaf character. I get that. Uh, and he was, he was okay in the role. Not, not bad, not bad. But then... Don't put him in the episode that requires him to have a walkie-talkie. Exactly. It's not going to work. Or, or, you know, like, don't make this, or, or come up with some other way he can contact you. Like, you say, oh, we'll be back tonight. But, but if you want him to contact you, then, then make him uh, slight, like, make him hard of hearing, but he can hear a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can hear, if you yell, he can hear stuff. But I mean, he does have a cochlear implant, so I'm wondering if he can. No, I hear... think it, manuf- it, it. He said it doesn't work anymore. He said I lost the rest of my hearing. Oh, he can't hear anything. He said I don't why, hear the music. I feel he still it. Still has it on. I think it's attached to his head. How's he going to get it out? Oh, oh, I don't know how those things work. Exactly. I, I think I think it's a it's a cochlear implant. It's in your head. You can't take that out. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. So 
Uh, I, I, I'm just, I, I think they should have at least said he's hard of hearing. Like if you scream, he can hear it, but like a, mm-hmm. he wouldn't hear a walker. Exactly. But they wanted him to be deaf to, you know, to talk about Beethoven and make him more impactful. But it, and it doesn't jive with the, because when he uses the walkie talkie later, he says something. But as you said, Jamie, he has no idea if they heard him. No idea. There's no confirmation. He says, if up. you're out there, if you're monitoring this. So for all he knows, his plan, we'll get to it, but his plan was to contact them. Well, what if they weren't listening at that second? You'd have to like do it again in an hour, but you don't know if they heard you. Now, if they, if they answered back, he would, I guess, maybe hear the vibrating of the walkie. Maybe. But they never answered back, at least on screen. Not that we saw. And what if they answered back, F you, we don't trust you. Yeah, he would have no idea. Yeah. Alicia explains to Paul that Arno is mad at her. By the way, this is a dumb reason, but Arno is mad at her because he didn't like her decisions and people died because of her decisions. But now he wants to kill her for it? Apparently. Paul says he lost his wife and what was left of his hearing when the bombs went off. And uh, then the guy doesn't want to let Alicia leave. Alicia's like, "I I want to leave. And he's like, no, I need you to help me rebuild my radio. If Alicia wanted to leave, at that point, we don't know he has a gun, right? No, we don't. We don't know much about him at all. Couldn't Alicia just say, all right, I'll stay and help you, and then he's deaf, sneak up behind him and bang him over the head with something? Or just run out the door. Yeah. Uh, You know, again, if you're worried about a gun, wait till he goes to sleep. You won't wake him up when he's sleeping. Exactly. She's like, why won't you let me leave? What? You were locked in a bunker. You couldn't leave. This is a little different. Yeah, you're, you're free to go, honey. So he says, would you please help me rebuild my stereo and get the parts you know I need? Otherwise, my life is over. Now, this is a typical side mission. This is the kind of thing that extends an episode where you give the hero a mission, a short mission. hundred percent. The, the long mission is the tower. The short, it's an old writing, writing uh, trick. The short mission is, oh, it's like, oh, we have to go get water. Oh, we have to go uh, release the cows. It was something we have to do this episode. So her mission was to find radio parts, which, by the way, she didn't really do. But no. that was her mission to kill time for the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what can we ever do? She's got to break something and fix it. She can't just leave. Oh, we got to fix my radio. So now the show's about fixing a radio. The two of them are now in a theater. I, I, don't, know, I don't know why they're in a theater, but they're in a, like, a, like, a, like an auditorium of a school. I guess because they were trying to like get parts from the Yeah, but system. they were just sitting on stage doing nothing. Well, that is true. So this guy lives near an amp- like an amphitheater or, or an auditorium or a high school or something, and yet nobody lives there but him? Seriously, it'd this- be a great place to crash. He's got a giant multi-story house or a, a nice-sized house with a staircase and everything that looks like he's been living there fine. He's got food. He's got an amphitheater, uh, like an auditorium, where a hundred people could live, and yet no one's living there. How does he keep people from trying to take it from him, or force that, their way that in? That I don't know, because that really could home a lot of people. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that. Uh, he keeps asking her about Padre. He says you were saying Padre in your sleep, and she's like, "Nah, I don't talk about it." Nah. She says Arno was right. I led people towards Padre, and people died, and I wanted his help fighting this guy Strand. But he didn't want to help me. Now, then Paul gives her this pep talk. One of many. It's not your fault. You're doing the best you could. How does he know that? How does he know she's just incompetent? She could be a psycho. If I know you, you're a good leader. No, you don't know know her. You don't know her. Uh, It just, I mean, the pep talk was, wouldn't she at least say, 
well, how does this guy know anything? Yeah. He's trying to like be gentle. Like, no, I'm sure you did your best. You know, it's not your fault. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. Everywhere she goes, people die. <laughs> Hello, so keep true. listening to this breakdown of this episode. Hello. Yep. Paul explains he bought the bagpipes for his wife's 40th birthday, and she was going to learn how to play Ode to Joy by Beethoven. Mm-hmm. So that at that point, you know. And then he says, we both learned how to play the bagpipes. At that point, you know, he's going to play Ode to Joy on the bagpipes. Yes. Right? Either he's going to die or he's going to lead the walkers away by playing Ode to Joy on the bagpipes. So he doesn't say he's unhappy living in the house. He just feels bad he didn't do right by his wife, who he heard he heard die over the phone. Mm. Just like Riley in the submarine yes, show. Yes, exactly. I, That's I, I rough. It's rough, especially like a day apart where... Like, the, it's the same bit. Uh, oh, I, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> oh, I heard my wife die on the phone on the walkie, and I was so upset. Okay. I, okay. So Alicia says, you don't have to go back to your house if you're miserable. You can come with us and help fight for the place that I told you about. Well, did he say he was miserable in the house? No. He had a soundproof house. He could blast his music. He was very happy. She broke his radio. But where did he say he was miserable? And I don't want to live there anymore. Never. Exactly. There was never a conversation where he was like, oh, I wish I could go anywhere else. Well, if he didn't want to go to his house, he could go live in the auditorium, couldn't he? He could. And I have to assume if there's an auditorium, it's connected to another building. Oh, for sure. So go live in that building. Uh, don't, don't, don't stay in your wife's house if your wife, the house, the memories are upsetting you. All right. More stupidity on the way. Uh, <laughs> there were some things I did like and that Jamie liked. And we'll talk about the rest of the show and uh, Talking Dead. And then we'll say, we'll try very hard to say uh, what we always say at the end of the show. Oh, we'll boy. See, we'll see how you do. All right. Any requests for what ID I play into commercial here? Hmm. Uh, All right. Forget it. We'll play this one. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Hi, this is Dan Fogler, Luke on The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Walkers and Talkers with David Brody and Jamie. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, I hope you like that one, Jamie. It's not one you chose. It's fine. I, I love them all. I know you do. That's why it was so hard for you to pick. I, that's, it have. was. We have so many. I was literally racking my brain. I'm like, oh, which one? They're all good. Right. Well, the beauty of, of reality, just pulling back the curtain, is Jamie has not heard that because <laughs> I don't put those in until after we finish recording. So you have no idea. I would have put the one in that you requested, but you didn't request one. So... Too late. You don't get another. You don't get to request another one. Oh so, man. Okay. Uh, Alicia hears horses outside, and for some reason, decides to go out alone. And she doesn't even say to Paul, "Hey, I just heard horses. I'll be right back." Because he didn't hear them. No, he for sure didn't hear them. 
And of course it's Arno and his men and they take her at gunpoint immediately. And I said to myself, she's right about herself. She's a terrible leader. Terrible. Why wouldn't you look out the window? The auditorium is all glass. And she walked right out like, hello, who do you think's out there? Right. It's, it's a zombie apocalypse. How many people could be out there when you know Arno's looking for you? So she's like, dum 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 I'll walk oh, out to her. Oh, know What? You? What? What? Bad writing? Ian Goldberg? <laughs> Bad writing. Poor, okay. Ian, poor Ian Goldberg's going to get so many. No, poor us. <laughs> poor us. Because, because, that's why, because. Ugh, my God. He was on Talking Dead. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. The other executive producer, Andrew Chambliss, is on the next episode of Talking Dead, so we won't have to see Ian Goldberg again. <laughs> He's the other guy who's smug about his abilities. Hmm. Okay. As she's walking down the steps, realizing she's being captured, did you notice what she did? She took her long black glove off, her left hand that's missing. Yes. So I thought, all right, she's going to use it to stab people with. That's She's going to fight thought. them. But no, no, she didn't. You know what she did? She didn't. Remember uh, during The Walking Dead when we were like, oh, he took his mask off so we could see it? Like yeah. who was under the mask? And we and didn't. Then he had to put his mask back on so he could take his mask off in front of Maggie so that she wouldn't know immediately who it was. Right? Mm-hmm. So when she took the glove off, it was only to set up the next scene, which I'll get to in a second. She said, hey, I'm not alone. And Arno says, yeah, you're with Paul, the deaf guy. Like, uh, yeah, we know you're like, not alone. Duh. That's supposed to be, like, that's going to frighten us. He says, did you already promise her somewhere better and safe to live? Which Uh, is hilarious because, yes, she did. Just five minutes ago. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, it's funny, but it's kind of meta in a way like, yeah, the writing on the show is terrible and she's a terrible leader because Arno knew what she did. So that's what she does. She's a, a lost soul who keeps promising everyone a place to be safe and free. And then gets them killed. Right. She says to Arno, I tried my best. And he says, tell it to those people. And he uncovers all the walkers. And he says, those are all the people that died because of you. Oh, that's Ooh. harsh. Oh, that, that was rough. That's, that's cold. That's reality right in the face. So the three, the three of them, there's three uh, Arno's men, three, three total with Arno, push her up close to the walkers. Okay. Well, if, this, if you guys were really evil, you'd shove her face into the walkers and they'd eat her face off. Exactly. But instead, the show goes to commercial. When they come back from commercial, I'm calling bad directing bullshit. She is no longer close to the cage. She's a good six feet away. He's already taken her prosthetic arm off. And it doesn't have the gloves on it. The glove, right? No. He clinks her bony fingers against the gate. Oh, that of was the, so creepy. Which we saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't have been able to do that if she had the glove on. Exactly. So the only reason she took the glove off was to remind us about the fingers, which, you know, they easily could have just taken it off on camera or he could have pulled the glove off himself. Mm-hmm. But she pulled the glove off as if she was going to fight, but she wasn't going to fight. She was at gunpoint. Just expose them bones. Right. Now he's doing the evil, the evil villain thing where he talks to her about why she needs to die. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the same thing that, that Leah did with Maggie on The Walking Dead. Yep. Instead of just killing her, I'm going to make you suffer. I'm going to make, I'm gonna make you watch. I'm going to tell other, you. I'm going to make you watch other people die. So I'm going to keep you here where you're 90% already untied from the chair. I'm going to go out on a mission that could take weeks. Weeks to get everybody you know. I'm going to break into communities by myself somehow. 
capture people that you love, bring them back here, all while you're peeing and pooping your pants and not untying your hands. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I had those thoughts after we recorded, so I'm oh adding that man. in. Oh man! Oh. So just like every like Batman villain on the old Batman TV show from the '60s. All right, Batman, that pendulum's going to swing for the next hour, and eventually it'll cut a rope, and that rope will drop scalding hot coffee on you, and then you'll die. In the meantime, I'll be robbing the bank on 3rd Avenue. (laughs) With Garcia. Right, with Garcia, exactly. (laughs) So he says, all these people are dead because of you. It seems only fair that you join them. So he starts pushing her towards the walkers, and Arno opens the gate, latch i don't know if he's letting them out or he's going to shove her in quickly but again if you want her to die just push her up against the gates she'd be done in two seconds why risk pushing her in there well number one she can fight right with her one even with one arm maybe for a couple of minutes and two one might get out and bite you why take the risk exactly just at the exact second that arno opens the gate latch Paul sneaks up on them. They're not deaf, by the way, but he sneaks up on them, shoots Arno in the hand at the exact second the gate opens and the walkers get out. Paul shoots the two guys that aren't Arno because that's the way the show works. Of course. And Alicia stands up right in front of where Arno is so that Paul can't shoot Arno. Now, why he wouldn't yell, get down and then shoot her, I don't know. Hmm. So then, of course, his gun jams because that's the equivalent of the car breaking down. Or the tree in the road. Yeah. Thank you. He drops the stereo he was carrying that he wanted parts for. He almost dies because he wants to go back and get it. And Alicia jumps into a minivan and then he jumps into a minivan. She pulls him in and Arno gets away. Arno runs off. Why Arno wouldn't um, try to break the minivan glass? Because he knows that the the, the gun is jammed. So why would he run away? There's maybe, I mean, there's walkers there, but he easily could have broken the glass on the minivan with something so that they wouldn't be safe, exactly. right? You want them dead. So throw something through the windshield or the side window. Or a big you know? rock or something. Yeah, but no, he's gone. We don't, we don't see him again. Paul tells her, hey, uh, listen, I need a stereo. It's important. You know, I, I would have risked my life for that one. I need to drown out my wife's voice. It's the last thing I ever heard when the nuclear weapon landed. We were, on, we were talking or they were on a walkie, whatever they were. And uh, she tells him the story about the dream and the walker and the, the Padre and keeps, she keeps hearing Padre and it's a staticky voice like a radio signal and she needs to drown out her voice and it's telling her to go to Padre and, and she, she hears it every time she goes to sleep. She's having nightmares. He says, I'd like to take you up on your offer to go with you. This is after you found out that she's killed all the people she's led and she's having nightmares. She could be crazy. He says, maybe we can help each other overcome the voices in our heads. And I thought, this is some awful fucking writing. That's what I wrote. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, explicit. Just <laughs> explicit. maybe, maybe we can help each other overcome the voices in our heads. That oh is boy. the hokiest written by a, by a 14 year old girl hoping Named that. Ian Goldberg. <laughs> Ian Goldberg. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing against 14-year-old girls. No, we Lady love her. Goldberg. Sorry. She tells him, no, you can't come with me because Arno will keep hunting us down and he will never give up and he will go to your house and he will hurt you. So then I wrote, well, first of all, you, you just invited him to go with you. Yeah. Now when he says yes, you say no. no. Oh, you, Lord. You, you invited him. 
You did. Hey, you want to come over to my birthday party? We're going to have a lot of food and music and, 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 and liquor. You're like, that sounds like fun. Oh, great. Yeah, you can't come. You're uninvited. I don't want you. Why? Oh, because there's alcohol there and, and uh, you shouldn't have it. But you just told me it was alcohol there. <laughs> you just told me I could come over. <laughs> so she says Arno will never give up. He'll never give up, Jamie. Never. Except he just ran off and didn't do what I told him to do and break some windows. But he'll never give up. He runs off to go get reinforcements, but he, he never gives up. So Paul says, I'm not worried about Arno. We'll be ready for him. Really? Y- you know Arno? Y- you just met him, but you're not worried about him. How do you know he's not a trained assassin like Leah? <laughs> you're, not, you're not worried about I'm not worried about him. I'm a deaf fat guy. I would be. With no automatic weapons. I got a little handgun I'm going to show you later. I, this one jammed. I'll try to unjam it later, but that's all I got. So he says to her, do you trust me, Alicia? And of course, because she doesn't know him and doesn't find him to be overly capable, she says no. No, she doesn't. She says yes. She says yes. Yes, yeah, she does. She already trusts him. Oh, okay. So he calls Arno on the walkie. Again, what? And says, if, if you're listening, okay, that's believable. If you're listening, I'm sorry about what happened. I, it was an error in judgment. I made a mistake. The girl you're looking for turned on me too. Come to my house after dark. Why after dark? Why? It seems obvious. And I'll help you solve your problem. Really? You don't think that's a trap? Hmm. Come after dark. Why? Why after dark? It's a zombie apocalypse. There's nobody on the street. What are the neighbors going to see him? Like, don't <laughs> There's come nobody when out there. Yeah, I don't want Mike, my neighbor, who's out doing his lawn to come see you, to see you outside. And, uh, and Gertrude next door is always out smoking on her lawn. So sneak <laughs> in at night. Come by when it's dark. And I'm sure Arno was probably saying, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great plan. But you can't hear him. Why? Because Paul's deaf. And he didn't respond. I mean, if Alicia heard him respond, she could have said, okay, he says he'll be there. At least film that. At least show me that. Yeah. You think Arno is going to come to your house, Paul, and forgive you for killing his two men? Hell no. Hey, I made a mistake. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm going to let you live. So Paul is in his house readying for war. He takes the mattresses down from the windows. Why? Why would you do that? If they offer a little bit of cover? So he undoes the windows. Why? Are you hoping to shoot them all through the window with your sniper weapon you don't have? That's dumb. Why are you uncovering the window? Okay. So what does he do after he uncovers the windows, Jamie? He stands in an open room with windows all over, giant windows they can with see him in the him window. Everywhere. You can see him talking to Alicia. You've got five guys or six guys on the way with automatic weapons. Why wouldn't they just shoot through the window and kill them both? You would think they would. Yeah, you would. Arno is outside the house with his men. I guess these are new men. Did he go back to their encampment, wherever, they, wherever they're living, and get more he, men? He had to recruit new men because the other two are dead. Right. He's banging on the door. He wants Alicia, which means he, he didn't fall for the trap. He knows Alicia's already in there. At that point, I'm going, so the old guy, the old deaf man and Alicia are going to manage to kill six guys who have automatic weapons, and they Mm-mm. don't. Now, I'm not finding Paul less qualified to fight because he's deaf, but you're less likely to hear someone sneak up on you, a walker oh, sneak up on you. Of course. You are at a disadvantage, right? So I'm just saying, deaf people are very capable. But in a zombie apocalypse, there is a slight disadvantage when your big warning sign that there's a walker coming is hearing him go, is gone. Right. So Paul turns the music up full volume in his house. How did he manage to do that? Somehow, with no tools that we know of, he got the car radio out of the dashboard of the minivan 
and found a way to jury rig it and hook it up to his stereo system, even though the radio wouldn't work without an amp powering and it. And put a CD in it. Yeah. So he's blasting it, and then Arno covers his ears. He covers his... How loud could the music be that he covers his ears outside the house? My God. <laughs> Arno looks like he's listened to some heavy metal in his life. <laughs> Naturally, the music is attracting a herd of walkers. Paul fires all the bullets he has. He's at, at walkers by the doorway, and now he's out of bullets. He's out of bullets. His big plan... He's got, Do you trust me, Alicia? He's out of bullets. Mm. The men are coming through the kitchen. Paul is sneaking up on Arno. With, Paul sees Arno with, with his back to Paul. Remember, Arno is not the one that's deaf. Okay? Yes. This would work if Arno was deaf. Paul is sneaking up on Arno with a little knife and bagpipes. Yeah, yes, yes. What? <laughs> what is he going to do with the bagpipes in his hand? Oh, my God. The only reason he had the bagpipes was so that later on, when he had to run, he'd have the bagpipes with him. There was no other explanation for what he was going to do with the bagpipes. It wasn't like he took a pipe off and he was going to beat him with a pipe. What was he going to do with the bagpipes? Everything was attached. Right. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm. Then a speaker blows, and the music stops when the car radio shorts out from the speaker blowing. Now, I don't know how he had it rigged up, but usually, usually, a blown speaker doesn't blow the entire system and keep it from working. No. But the music stops. Perfect timing bullshit. Mm-hmm. Arno turns around. He's about to shoot Paul when a walker comes out of nowhere. Again, Arno is not deaf, but didn't hear the walker. The walker pushes Arno, and he sh- as he's falling, he shoots Paul in the stomach. Mm. So Paul is now going to die a slow death. Mm. Alicia grabs him and pulls him into another room, and Alicia says, oh, you'll be fine. I'm going to take you somewhere with medical supplies and a medical professional. You'll be fine. So she already knows by looking at a stomach wound, he's good. I think that fever's coming back. (laughs) Yeah. She says, I'm not leaving you because it's my fault you got shot. I'm not going to leave you. That's very noble. I wonder if she's going to leave him or not. Mm -hmm. We'll find that out. Jamie, what ID do you want to hear here? And this, we're going to go to commercial real quick. What do you want to hear? You have a second chance. Chris Hardwick. Uh, Okay. We'll play the Chris Hardwick ID right here. We'll be right back after Chris Hardwick and a couple of very important commercials. Hey, it's Chris Hardwick. I host Talking Dead and Talking Preacher and Talking and Talking Talking and Talking Things. And you're listening to Walkers and Talkers, the only talking show I don't host. With David Brody and Jamie. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Jamie, you have to trust me now that I put the Chris Hardwick idea. Okay, I, I, may may, <laughs> I may or may not have put that in, you know, by the, you know, tonight when you hear it, 
if you go back and listen, I may or may not actually put it in. So you'll have to see if I was a man of my word. Okay. I can't, I can't say you have to trust that I did put it in because as I'm saying this, I have not. Not so yet. So you have to see if I, yeah. Okay. Okay. So he gives Alicia another pep talk. Another one about you listen to other people. You got to follow your dream. It's your voice now. And it's may, maybe you couldn't sleep because you were tired of listening to other people and it wasn't your vision. And now it's your vision. This is like a bad Hallmark card. This is like a bad Hallmark movie. It's just so, it's, oh, it's just so huggy. It's just so, I don't know. Look, if you love the episode, I'd like to apologize. If this is your first time listening to Walkers and Talkers, I doubt you got this far. A lot of negativity. (laughs) Trying to keep it negative, uh, but being funny about the negative. We're normally more upbeat. We are. We love the Walking Dead shows. We, you know, we, we, we love it all, but this was a particularly, and I went on Twitter and uh, there were some people that hated it, but there were some people that loved it. Now, I thought Paul was good. Although, if you watch it again after this podcast, there are scenes where he has to like move out of the way or turn, and he's very awkward. It's almost like high school Aww. theater. He just he looked awkward, but I I thought his I thought his emotion was great. That it was, was. Yeah, I thought I really enjoyed his performance, and I'm sorry that he will not be on future episodes. But yeah, spoiler. So. He gives it his big pep talk and the six men with automatic weapons have not come in the room yet. They're not in the room. They're not there. They're walking around the house. Arno knows he went in that room, right? He's fighting off a walker, but it's, it, you know, at some point he's going to be coming in. And Alicia says, look, uh, I'll never get out of here past all of these walkers and the men. Now, a minute ago, she said, I'm not leaving you. Yeah, and now she's like, um, I can't really get out if we could work on that. Right. Now, she, he's he's pretty much given up. He's like, I'm done. Oh, he's done. He's done. But she didn't say it. Like, she didn't really try to go, no, we can make it. We can make it. Because she knows he can't make it. He's wounded. He's going to limp. Or he's he going to walk holding his belly. He'll oh, never make it. He unless, he, unless they kill the six of them and take their vehicle or however they got there. So he says, he says, you'll get out of here if they can't hear you escape. Hmm. And so... He starts playing the bagpipes. So here's what I want to say. The theory here is what we were supposed to believe is that had she just opened a window while the six of them are fighting walkers inside the house, they would hear her open the window and then run around back and capture her. We also are to assume that the six of them, Arno, knowing what room they're in, didn't tell his men to go around back Hmm. in case they try to climb out the window. Yeah. But the bagpipes will cover the sound of what? Because they don't show her getting out of the room. So he's playing the bagpipes. All the walkers are in the house. They're dead now. And Arno's banging on the door. And the bagpipes are so loud. Did you notice Arno covered his ears again? What? Can he not take it anymore? Arno is on the other side of a door. (laughs) And a man is playing regular human everyday bagpipes. And he's... It's deafening that Arno has to cover his ears. I mean, it was just unbelievable. How loud could bagpipes be not through a speaker? He's blowing through bag, and Arno's covering his ears like, ah, my ears. I've stood next to bagpipes. They're loud, but they're, you don't have to cover your ears. I've been in a, in a radio studio, on an on-air studio, with six police officers playing bagpipes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not awesome a big enough. deal. It's loud, but who cares? Like, it's not... Oh, my God. So... Paul looks out the window and I want you to go back and watch this scene. You'd expect Alicia to be running full speed for her life. 
You would think so. Hell yeah. Paul is risking his life for her. Literally. She's, she's, um, she's jogging, jogging by the window and like looking in to sit, like to see him. Like a little jogging down the, down the road. Jogging. So like she can go, oh, I got, I'm out. Look, I'm out. Well, yeah, he knows you're out. You just went out the window. He saw you get out. And now he's going to die. None of those men were looking outside. None of them were in the back. No, no, she, she's running off. Arno comes in while he's playing Ode to Joy, his wife's song on the bagpipes. Very touching. And Arno shoots Paul, we assume, in the back of the head. Mm. Um, we don't see it happen, but we assume he's dead. I mean, he could have shot him to shut him up, like, hey, get his attention. But why would you do that? He's deaf. And why would you waste a bullet on the guy? I know you're mad at him, but go after Alicia. Like, yeah, you see Alicia's not in the room. Poor, poor SOB. God. He, he's in the room, and it's a good 10 seconds of showing Alicia run. He could have gone after her. Mm-hmm. They all could have run after her. She's Absolutely. by herself. There, there are six men who, you know, even if, they, let's say she's faster. They've got a mode of transportation. They showed up there in something. Or Arno could have went on the walk and be like, hey, out the window, out the back, get out there. Yeah, go after Garcia. her. Garcia. Yeah, Garcia, go get her. Go get her. They added an interesting character to the show, to the show and Paul. And immediately, Alicia got him killed. Immediately. Yeah. Alicia is running, 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 and she runs into this little girl, who I assume is a little girl that she claims to have been with prior. And she's got a gas mask on, and she asks the girl if she's okay, and then faints to the ground, and then she dreams again. But this time, this time, Jamie, she dreams all of the dead people are not in the dream any longer, and... Now it's the same Walker, but when she turns it around, it's her. And it's her saying Padre. She's telling herself to go to Padre. I hated that part, honestly. Now she is the voice inside of her head. Mm. Or if you blink 182, the voice inside my my yed. Remember that? The voice <laughs> yeah. inside, inside my, my yed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. now, she, now she wakes up and she's in the submarine with Morgan. I can't. I really can't. She fainted on the road. She fainted like nine times. But now she somehow made it back. No walkers ate her while she was fainted on the road? Come on now. Or did she... Now Morgan says she fainted outside the submarine. So maybe she was hallucinating and fainted outside the submarine. Because she says, where's the girl who brought me here? Morgan's like, you were alone, dude. Like, uh, you're hallucinating. For a hot second, I was like, did she dream Paul up and all this crap? (laughs) Right. That's what I thought. That's Uh, what I thought too for a second. Right, and, and, and who knows, she may have. Or she may have hallucinated uh, um, Paul getting shot. Like, half of that could have been not real. Yeah. We don't know. Okay. So, Morgan says, were you able to convince Arno and his men to join us in the fight against Strand? She says, no. We, um, and uh, now we don't have enough people to take on, he says, we don't have enough people to take on Strand. So she says, I know how to get the army we need. I've always been around strong voices who had their dreams, my mother, Nick, you, but I've never had my own dream and I need to follow my own dream. Oh, <laughs> oh you have to have a dream now. You, you're fighting to survive every day. I got to have a dream. I got to have a dream. Okay. You gotta. I'm going back to the bunker at the hotel because there's a transmitter there and I'm going to try to bring people in to help them find a better place. Morgan says, then you are Padre. And she says, yes, I will offer them hope in a better place. So her theory is to draw people in with the hope of a better place. 
and then tell them, as we saw in the, in the teaser trailer for the season, we'll give you a better place, but if you want it, you got to fight a war against people you don't know to take it. Oh, boy. Hey, I got this place. Well, I don't even actually have this place. There is a place. It's a building. It's not my building, but it's people I don't like. Well, I used to like them, and there's some people there I do like, but we have to fight them to get a tower back that isn't rightfully ours. It's rightfully his, but because we're pissed off about it, we're going to fight them. Would you like to join us? You can is have a safe place to live, is, but some of you are going to die. everyone killed? <laughs> right, yeah. Everywhere I go, everyone gets killed. And by the way, didn't fear... Um, in season five, wasn't their mission to find people and bring them back and, f- and give them a safe place to live in the warehouse? Yeah. Don't they keep doing this? They keep wasn't, doing this and failing. Weren't they going to do this at the dam? Oh, yeah, they're there too. We're going to bring people in. Then they, then they were going to the, the, the old western town. How'd oh that work God, out? Oh, my God, the gulch. Yeah, the gulch. And, and, but Alicia's talking about it like it's an original idea. Hey, I have an idea. I don't know if you thought of this, Morgan. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we should go help people. But instead of helping them, we're going to use them because we're selfish pricks to fight a war they have no interest in. So we'll find people like Squid Game who are down in the luck and then oh say, God. okay, okay, Squid Game, people, you want to live? Now you got to go fight a war. And a lot of you are going to die. Ooh. How about How about that? Very, very depressing. Yeah, that's she's squid gaming them. She is squid gaming them. I can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, speaking of squid game, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to. But when they shoot Paul and we're already like 100 yards away from the house and all you see is the gunshot. It reminded me of squid game. You know what I'm talking about? When someone gets shot, but you don't see it. Oh, yeah. Okay, no spoilers. It's not a spoiler. It's not, it's not a spoiler. I've watched the show. It's not a spoiler. So Arno is with his one guy. Now, I don't know what happened to the other five guys. We didn't see the other five die or the other four die, whatever. But now he's with one guy and mm-hmm. they're, in the, they're in the cart now with no walkers in it. His hand's been shot and they stop in the road and there's a massive crater where I assume one of the warheads landed. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And it's full of walkers who must have tripped and fell into the hole. Mm-hmm. And because it's a radiation hole, they probably all have radiation. They all have like weird stuff growing on them and stuff. You know who else has radiation? The two idiots standing at the edge of the hole talking about it. Oh my God, you're right. They would be dead right now. They would. Radiation doesn't not come up a hole. You're by the hole where the bomb went off. And granted, it's, I don't know, a year, eight months, whatever. There's probably, Chernobyl is still radioactive. Mm. For those of you who know what Chernobyl is. So Arno says... We're going to take the tower for ourselves. So apparently they're going to use the walkers to take the tower. Interesting. Hmm. Talking Dead, Reggie Watts from Late Late Show with uh, James Corden. My buddy Ian Goldberg and the actor who played Paul Warren Wawa Snipe. They, they asked Ian if the, the little girl is real. He says, we'll see. He says, I can tell you that she's important to Alicia. So that's all we know. In other words, she's not, she's not real. Because where is she? Living on her own? Please. She's not real. Come on now. Scenes for next episode. It's centered around Charlie. You've already seen it. She has a new love interest, some new character. So I assume he's not going to live that long. Oh, I did see it. Yes, I did. Don't say anything. I won't uh, say a word. Don't dodge. I you. won't. I won't. <laughs> okay. Madison actress Kim Dickens, Alicia, who's Alicia Debnam Carey, and EP Andrew Chambliss will be on not the next episode of Talking Dead because they're doing Talking uh, Better Call Saul. 
Yes. And then the, the Talking Dead, uh, Talking Dead will return for the finale of Fear, where by that point, even though we don't know which episode, by that point, Madison will be back and Alicia will either be with her or dead. But either way, they're not doing a, an episode until those two characters are resolved enough to say they're on the show. Yeah, even Ian said, uh, Alicia's not doing so well. She's doing worse. Like, he admitted it. He, he did say that, yeah. Paul did talk about how he wishes he could do more episodes. He's sorry that his character was killed off so quickly. And I thought, well, you know, maybe there's a chance that he wasn't, but I, I get the feeling. I think um, he was, yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine he is. But it's too bad. You got a good character and you, and you killed him off. I, so. I would have liked to see more, at least another episode, at least one more episode. Yeah, one more, but no, he's done. He's done. Spoiler, he's dead. He's done so. All right. This was a nice quick episode. Jamie and I were both tired and we did we did our best. Uh, but we'll be back next week, of course. So until then, Jamie, it's time. What time is it? It's time, it's time to, to shut, shut this, this shit down. down. <laughs> My God, what is what? What? It's the delay. <laughs> Just speak. <laughs> Jamie, it's yes. time. What time is it? It's, it's time, time to, to shut this, shut this shit, shit down. down. Thank you. Woo! It's like pulling teeth. True story. I just took off my headphones so I didn't hear you. <laughs> Did you uh, I said. So I, I said. No, 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 you'll have to listen to it now. I'm not going to tell you what I said. Oh, no. What did you say? Nope. I'm not going to say. <laughs> oh, no. But it involved 10 inch Daryl Dixon. Oh, boy. And I need to hear if you put in Chris Hartwick. <laughs> yeah, and I need to hear if you put in 10 inch Daryl Dixon. Okay. Okay. He's thanks, a- everybody. Have a great week. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 